Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Goldie podcast featuring me, Chandler Becker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, it's been some time since you and I spoke in a uh, recorded fashion, possibly in a fashion more than like a five-minute phone call. I don't remember the exact timeline of events here. But I, I did have a question for you about our, our time apart. Have you done any cooking for yourself? Um, elaborate cooking? No. Probably not, but maybe. Depends where you draw the line at, like, actually cooking. <laughs> learn, how, learn how to make some coffee for my sister. That was good. Yeah, I don't know. Not not, not, not a lot, if, if, if any. Just my usual very bare bones <laughs> hacking, not even, like, cooking, just throwing, throwing things together sort of energy. So you, you don't think you've had any experiences like Stefan Diggs had this week where – he was uh he was tweeting about how how annoying and difficult it is to cook meals for yourself. Yeah, that is a problem. That is a that is a Stefan Diggs problem. I will say that. Yeah, he he rated the experience a zero out of ten, and then in a uh, probably completely unrelated note, um, after he noted specifically the idea of of cleaning dishes, he uh he he was unavailable at Bill's practice today. Uh, officially with an illness. Ah, that's funny. That's good. I have not given myself food poisoning before, and there's no guarantee that Stefan Diggs gave himself food poisoning. But I, yeah, I, I, I have never knowingly. I guess I don't think I've ever had food poisoning. I think I guess I'd probably know that if I did, but I'm certainly never given it to myself. So I can pat myself on the back back for that. And, you know, my bare bones, bare bones meals are. Uh, don't know. I'm if nothing else, even if I'm not skilled, I am uh, keeping myself healthy in in, in some respect. <laughs> so at least I tell myself, okay, enough on that. <laughs> you haven't made yourself vomit, therefore you are eating healthily. Exactly right. It, it's one to one right there. Yeah. Well, we do need to. We have a lot to catch up on because you know the the bulk of transfer season has happened in the time we've been gone the gophers played their bowl game today a member of the staff has been hired away by another program the early signing day has happened and uh you know there's there's just a, a lot to catch up on and that's before we even get to uh the teams other than the gophers that we're not really going to touch on except for just looking at the bowl schedule at the end of the day so um we can start just by talking about the actual football that occurred today the gophers in the pinstripe bowl against syracuse won 28 to 20. um it was not the best game of football I've ever seen. In fact, it was kind of a mess. The biggest reason probably was the just atrocious, like dangerously so, turf, or I guess grass at Yankee Stadium. That, um, I mean, it looked mangled before the end of the first quarter. This has been a real problem that's shown up this year. It showed up last year in the Cactus Bowl where Minnesota played West Virginia. Um, but in the Holiday Bowl last night, it was pretty ugly between Oregon and North Carolina. I'm pretty sure there was another game in a baseball stadium that has happened in the last week that kind of demonstrated we shouldn't really be doing this because the grass you grow and maintain in a baseball stadium is different than, than the grass you grow and maintain in a football stadium. And even the stuff that you do maintain in a football stadium 
like uh, that at, say, Soldier Field, tends to not really hold up pretty well once you hit late December. Yeah. At least if you're in a cold part of the world, like, I don't know, New York, New York. So um, that was a problem. There were guys slipping all over the place. The Gophers' first sack was the result of Garrett Schrader slipping. There were a lot of guys that just fell down. Uh, Dalen Wright was tackled by the ground when he was about to catch a roughly 40-yard pass, something like that. Um, So it kind of just threw a a wrench in everything. On top of that, there were various absences both ways. Uh, I can't speak to all of the Syracuse ones, um, but there were a, a good number of players who transferred or left early for the draft. I think there was one major injury, but uh, on Minnesota's end, John Michael Schmitz sat. There were a few guys injured or out for personal reasons. Michael Brown-Stevens, Luke Fennessy. Um, I guess we haven't seen any of Trey Bixby, but he was also listed. Tyler Newbin suited up, did not play. Muhammad Ibrahim left uh, pretty early. I think they had a pitch count on him, or maybe they just said, we want you to get the records. Um, and then nothing else which is kind of how it seemed to go and then there were injuries throughout the game Darius Green left a couple times Ethan Kelly Manis left in the first half it was all just kind of a messy game and then just in the second half uh, a lot of weird stuff happened fumbles big special teams plays which benefits the Gophers Um, Coleman Bryson had a pick six for 70 yards Quentin Redding had a very long kick return that produced a short field. Uh, it, was, it was all, oh, and, and Syracuse shanked a punt for maybe 20 yards tops. It was, it was just a, a, a large assortment of very weird things and messy stuff. The game was decided when on, uh, on fourth down, the Dwarfers are about to go for it um, in order to kill off the game with under a minute. And then, Syracuse committed unsportsmanlike conduct that ESPN didn't show a replay of. <laughs> and the yardage resulted in the first down and Tanner Morgan got to kneel out the game. A lot of weird stuff happened in this game. We can talk about some of the particulars right now. You didn't get a chance to watch because this game was in the middle of the workday. Um, officially, I did not watch. That is the official stance of this podcast. I did not watch during my workday. Um, watch, watch the Big Ten football in 20 or in 60. Yeah, yeah. Before, yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel Jackson had a very strong game, caught two touchdowns. Um, for Texas total, 73 yards. Uh, one of the touchdowns was on a really well-placed fade route, uh, or I guess a corner route from Tanner Morgan. And then the other one was on a tunnel screen where Morgan just had to get it there, and he did. And then Jackson got some blocking, and Syracuse did some bad attempts at tackling. Um, the running game did not get going very much. Trey Potts had a few decent moments, uh, but the best moments were from Muhammad Ibrahim, naturally, uh, because he, uh, to to the very end, he is here to run through guys, push them over, and generally step aside of contact when it is presented to him. But it was not the easiest day for him or for anyone else, because Syracuse was very much keen on the run, as one does. They play back a bit in general. Uh, they, they don't allow a lot of explosive plays, the Orange, 
but I think they kind of identified pretty correctly. This is a team that wants to run the ball, that has a an elite running back, at least for the time they're going to let him in carry the ball and uh so therefore we're going to adjust our priorities to make sure we don't get hurt up front and it worked pretty well minnesota only averaged if i can uh, go over in my spreadsheet to use the non-sack carry total 3.3 yards per carry which is not good obviously that is the lowest mark of the season in fact for minnesota uh, outside of the Purdue game where they had 2.4 yards per carry. So uh, not a whole lot going in the rushing game. And it was kind of the only thing Minnesota tried to do in the second half because the pick six, the short field that they got off of Redding's big kick return meant that they didn't have to go downfield all that much. So the whole second half was kind of Minnesota fending off Syracuse, but their defense not really showing all that much. Some big plays here and there didn't really fit the run super well. Got some stuffs here and there, sacked Schrader a couple times, but still allowed 330 passing yards um, and many, many rushing yards on top of that. It was it was probably the worst game that, you know, adjusted for opponents. Minnesota's defense has played since 2020 and I haven't got a chance to rewatch and, um, you know, get to the specifics of, but um, it was a little disconcerting. Obviously you've got Darius Green playing the nickel, which he didn't do even against Wisconsin. He was one of the deep safeties. And then you've got Coleman Bryson filling in for Newbin um, as a safety. So there's a little bit of experience Inexperience, you're missing Braylon Oliver on top of that because he transferred to Georgia tech. Um, so, you know, it, it was a bit weird, but you had your two starting linebackers. You still had Jordan Howden. You still had your starting corners. You still had your starting defensive line. Um, there, there, there were enough guys to where you'd think, okay, we're going to defend the run a bit better than they did, but they didn't. So in the end though, it's a win. It is, uh, I believe, the fifth straight bowl victory for Minnesota. Six, Six I read. Six, right, because uh, Motor City Bowl under Clay's, Holiday Bowl under Clay's, Motor City Bowl under Fleck. Yeah, the the win over Auburn and then, last year. Yeah, and then this year, that's six, okay. So, yeah, six straight for Minnesota, which not many programs do ever. And uh, it's over a... Middling but decent ACC team. Um, I was not terribly impressed with Garrett Schrader, uh, but he has some good receivers, it looks like. Um, and their defense looked better than I thought they would. So, um, you know, we, we can, uh, there, there are reasons for concern, but it's December 29th. Um, and the first game of the year isn't until August 31st. So we've got a lot of time for, for players to gain a little bit of, um, comfort if they're new to the lineup and, uh, and for things to get sorted out. So that's kind of the game, not a whole lot to dissect at this exact moment. So I, I wanted to do sort of a big picture thing, um, you know, we this is the second straight nine and four year for the Gophers. Um, PJ Fleck did just get a one year contract extension and pay raise, uh, which I don't really think is necessary when you just meet expectations, but it is what it is. That's the sport. Um, but I can turn it over to you. Uh, like what 
what do you think about this year? Like you, it, you know, we kind of touched on this after the Wisconsin game, but time has passed and, you know, we've had more time to reflect and another game to watch this team win. So uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, nine and four, I mean, again, it's if, if the, there's, there's pieces to like pieces to not like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a year where you, like you said, I think met expectations is a good way of putting it because I mean, my over under for this year, when I was asking people just like fans of the team, like earlier this year, like what, what, like over under like eight, 8.5, you know what I mean? Like, and we ended up basically right on there. I mean, the disappointing thing was not necessarily where we ended versus where we started, but it's where we, how we started and then, like, in the middle of the season, what it looked like we had potential to do and how it sort of turned out. You know what I mean? Like, if you if – you, if you, I'm just saying, if you give me at the end if, – if the end of the season – if at the very beginning of the season you say this team is going to win nine games, you're going to beat Wisconsin, you're going to win your bowl game, i probably I probably take it, but – it is, it is, it is, it is inevitably tinged with disappointment just because the West was such a mess and you had such a great opportunity um, that you just don't usually have and probably won't really have maybe ever again, or not for the foreseeable future at least. Um, so there's that disappointment. But I mean, when you really look at it, you know, you think about it. I mean, I think there were there's some good. I mean, especially defensively, especially Mo. Um, even the, uh, even, even, you know, Ethan and, and the receivers and how they sort of came along, you know, towards the end of the season. I mean, there's a lot you can like about this team, I think. And even, even as much as we dog PJ, like, and rightfully, I think like, I mean, even the approach, I mean, I didn't watch, you know, this game, but you know, they were, they opened it up, they opened it a little more, <laughs> you know, against Wisconsin, you know, I mean, you saw, you saw with Ethan, you know, you, you saw glimpses of something that could be really, um, really a positive thing. And I think there, there's, there's enough, there's enough that you can build on, even if your schedule is really, really tough next year. So that's kind of how I think about it holistically. I mean, I think it was an okay year relative to expectations. It wasn't a disaster. Um, but it's certainly it certainly there was room for more. And I think that's what leaves the bitter taste. Um, but, you know, after that three game losing streak, winning four out of five to end the year, even if they weren't always against great teams, you know, that's that's a, that's a good that's a good thing. And again, a bowl win, even if it's not the Rose Bowl or the Outback Bowl <laughs> or, you know, something like that, or even the Music City Bowl or whatever, like it's still. You know, you beat a team, you beat another decent team. And uh, maybe actually that might have actually been the was that the only winning team that we beat this year? I guess Wisconsin's probably winning team after the bowl game. Yeah, Wisconsin is seven and six. Um, and New Mexico State is. Worse. Yeah, New Mexico State is seven and six. That's two. <laughs> two. Um, Nebraska, no. Uh, Western Illinois, absolutely not. And, no. you know, obviously they wouldn't really count the same way if they were, yeah. but Colorado, uh, no, um, Northwestern, no, Nebraska, no, Northwestern, hard, no, <laughs> yeah, hard and hard, no, and uh, Michigan State, no. So, yeah, I think it's just Syracuse, Wisconsin and New Mexico State. Yeah, um, all programs of equal measure. 
in, in my estimation. Um, I more or less side with you on how the year went. It, it's, um, it's roughly where we expected. I, I think the only surprise was that Illinois was better by a significant margin than we expected. If you asked in general, what are the reasons you're going to lose four games this year? Um, being less talented than Penn State, not uh, having the the flexibility against other teams uh, or a second punch against other teams of roughly your level. Um, and then, you know, Iowa, even if I think it goes in the second category, there's also the third category of just Iowa stuff, you know, turnovers tending to happen at horrible times. Then none of that is a surprise. And um, so in that respect, this team is exactly who we thought they were, um, which in some ways is disappointing because, like you said, the opportunity and everything. Um, and because in general, whenever you get kind of the same thing, I don't know, it's just it, it's hard to feel terribly strongly in any sort of positive way. Although I, I do think um, it would be easier to deal with if the way this nine and four happened was was through a different approach, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a positive thing, absolutely, that this team showed that they could not only take care of business against inferior teams, but like leave no doubt, um, which I, I think the whole narrative of the Gophers playing up or down to their level of competition, I think that's a kind of overplayed thing because we just we don't play that many games in this sport. Um, and it seems like a very sample size dependent thing that ignores the many times before 2019 and since 2019 that the Gophers have beaten up on bad teams. But I don't know, it, it, it is good to just have those Saturdays as boring as they can become, where you get to watch the team you root for store a lot of touchdowns and the team you don't root for not store it a whole lot. But in, in general, you know, like you said, I, I'm very encouraged by what Athene Talic Man has showed this year. I'm very encouraged by, especially in the Wisconsin game, the willingness of PJ Fleck and Kirk Shiraka to expand based on what they have with, you know, a really good quarterback to, to sort of look at the approach of the offense and determine if not something needs to change, then what we have now gives us the ability to change. And when Cali uh, Manis was in the game today, they were more open than they were with Morgan in the game. All of that bodes pretty well. It's it's still hard to divorce the late trends from the trend of the overall arc of the season. Of The only reason we're happy to see this in a more positive light is the, the crap we got before in the season and some things that you know just don't change uh pj fleck is always going to punt on fourth and one from the opposing 38 if it's slightly windy um that's just going to be the guy we get evidently and that has to be fixed uh and there are other issues but in general the program is in as good a state as it has been in decades or at least since probably the mid you can say the mid-Mason period, but that's really the only rival here. This is a, a good place for the program to be in, and 
could very easily win the West next year. Um, if, you know, I mean, that, that, that schedule is really tough, but the rest of the division isn't terribly strong. So that opportunity will still exist, even if the reward won't be Pasadena. Yeah. Is there any other aspect of this team you wanted to address? No, just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe just, maybe just, I mean, I know I kind of already said it, but I mean, the defense, I mean, outside of maybe today and, you know, Penn State, I mean, and, and occasionally against Illinois, I mean, if I just think the defense has played at a really high level the last most for most of the last two years. And that's just so, so, so encouraging. And I don't know how much there's culture versus talent versus coaching versus dumb luck or whatever. But I just think that's that's something you can really, you know, for all the offensive struggles and the offensive inconsistencies and frustrations. I think that's something you can really hang your hat on is these Joe Rossi defenses. Yeah, and for now, he's still the defensive coordinator and will be going forward, which is great. Give him all of the bags. Yeah, I, I concur. I uh, I wasn't totally expecting him to still be the defensive coordinator. And obviously, the there is a wave in January of, of coaching changes on the assistant level. But um, one of the provisions of flex extension was a bigger assistant salary pool. So, um, you know, there's a decent chance that any pay raise that um, might be necessary uh, will be divvied out because he's not going to become a head coach this cycle, it looks like. So it it should be easier to retain him um, when the only job he can really leap for is a bigger school's defensive coordinator job. I do want to highlight every single departing player or at least those who are, who are graduating. I, I don't want to get into all the guys who are transferring. I'm large part because some of them I just don't have anything on. They they played sporadically or they um, didn't make as much of a mark. But I, I, I have a list in front of here of all the guys I'm pretty sure are gone after this year. The there in might... memoriam segment. What was that? It's the in memoriam segment. Cue, cue somebody singing a really sad, sad song. Coldplay yeah. back. Well, I mean, Aaron, you, you've, I've seen you uh, have keys on a piano before. Do you think you can do Hallelujah right now? Uh, not where I am, not from where I am right now, but uh, we'll, we'll just imagine. Imagine I'm doing the most beautiful, beautiful Leonard Cohen song you've ever heard. Okay, well, um, first on special teams, long snapper Brady Weeks came in as the number one lawn snapper in the country a few years ago. And I'm not certain that he'll be gone. I think he does have more eligibility, but I believe he walked during senior day. And uh, during his time, there was not one misplaced snap on, uh, uh, or at least, you know, no fumbles or anything, field goals or PATs or punts. Um, up to the billing. Yeah, uh, we appreciate long snappers on this podcast, so uh, good good on Brady Weeks. Matthew Trickett, place kicker. I don't know if you realized this this year, but in uh, 2022, Matthew Trickett attempted 42 extra points, and he converted all 42 of them. Nice. I was going to say, I think I, most, I think I mostly realized that. I didn't realize that, that he made all of them, but... I felt much. I've gradually felt much better about him as as time has gone on, which is because he's he's proved 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 his worth. 
Yeah, this has been a very solid year for him. 15 of 18 on field goal attempts. His misses were from 28, bad, 34, not great. And then 48, totally forgivable. Um, he's made some really tough kicks. He's hit a couple 50-yarders since coming to the Gophers. Obviously, it was it was a kind of a tricky year in 2021, but it, it kind of seems like he was going to inch closer back to his form at Kent State just with time, and he did. Um, he turned into a very solid place kicker, even if his outer range is a bit limited. Um, he's been a, a valuable addition to the roster, and uh, it'll be hard to find someone who can replace him. On defense, Josh Ani um, did not play just a ton this year, didn't play at all last year due, to, due to an injury, but he uh, went to Highland Park High School. He did five, six years with the Gophers and uh, had a game-winning interception against Purdue, whose circumstances do not need to be interrogated any further. Rush end, Thomas Rush, not as big a 2022 as we might have been hoping with him moving to a full-time starting role. It kind of turned out that the uh, the pressure to sack rate he was putting up last year was not sustainable, but he's still a pretty reliable run defender um, and uh, did a, a, a much better job than in, in, in the aggregate over his Gophers career than I kind of thought he could when he started seeing the field. So, you know, even if he wasn't a world beater or anything and, you know, the, the main part of his job, he could have done better at um, rushing the passer. You know, in general, this is a, uh, a pretty decent Gophers career. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard to change positions like he did. So get on him. Cornerback um, Terrell Smith. You know, he, he's been around for a while, hasn't he? It feels like forever. Yeah, he uh, started as a freshman and then kind of slowly faded away and lost his starting job to Justin Wally last year. But this year came back and had the best season of his career. Uh, yeah, great season. I, I haven't done the totals yet, um, counting this game from today, but um, I would expect, based on where he is after the Wisconsin game, he's Minnesota's leader in Havoc plays this season, which is tackles for loss, pass breakups, interceptions, forced fumbles. After Wisconsin, he had 12 and a half. Second place, Tyler Newbin had nine. Um, you know, that's uh, that, that's really hard to do um, when when you know, Tyler Newbin is, is going to be a, in the NFL um, mm -hmm. and Terrell Smith probably will not be, but um, he's a, he's been a really solid tackler, a guy who has shown he can step up and make some plays um, and other points and having someone as reliable as he turned into being, you know, that that's, that's a big thing. That's a really big thing. And um, you're, you're hoping that Beanie Bishop or whoever steps into his role next year is able to replicate some of that. Linebacker Mariano Sori Marin, also been around for a long while. Um, your leading tackler this year, I believe second leading tackler last year behind Jack Gibbons. But you you may recall in 2020, he was not a great player, really. He was he was much hyped and then much maligned. He just looked kind of out of place. And, and it, there was one thing about if, if you were going to knock him for anything over his Dofer's career, 
he never did become fast. <laughs> um, and when he didn't always know where to be as a first time starter in 2020, that, um, that, that hurt him a bit, a bit more than it ended up doing later in his career. But, um, from the Nebraska game on in 2020, um, I think he's been really solid. I think he's done a lot more stick than he deserved just because he left a bad first impression. I can't speak to the whole leadership aspect, what he does on the field, because I'm not in the room. But I can say that in this conference, playing the, the style of defense that he needs to play, um, being a run and hit linebacker, someone who can fit gaps, someone who can drop back from time to time, even if he can get exposed in coverage, um, someone who can, you know, make plays for you in, in the most basic way uh, you want a linebacker to. He's extremely good at it. He's not an NFL player, but he is extremely good at his role at this level, and uh, he'll be missed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I mean, he's just, again, just the stability. He's like Terrell Smith. He's a guy who's been there forever. He's, I feel like, we, we, you know, you just take him for granted, you know, in that performance. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he was ever as appreciated as he deserved to be. Even if, um, again, I, I don't know if he was ever all Big Ten level, but he was extremely solid. Also extremely solid, safety, Jordan Howden. Mm-hmm. You know, he and Newbin turned into maybe the best safety pairing in the conference. Um, this year, Howden uh, has, has has done just a, an excellent job, as he did last year, fitting the run. Uh, as with everyone, he kind of had a, a shaky 2020, but he stepped in pretty well in 2019 as a starter. Um, and, you know, he uh, he had the, the play that... Uh, I mean, he he made the interception in the end zone against Penn State in 2019, and not many players to ever play for any college football program ever have a moment that is going to get replayed and remembered as long as that play will. Um, and then he went on and had a very strong career and could probably maybe make it onto an NFL practice squad for a short while. Special teams, maybe. Yeah, like he, he he turned into a really good player um, and uh, he might not be done playing football. So great, great career from uh, from Jordan Howden. I wanted to, to give you the honors of, of talking about this next guy. Huh. Tight end, Samuel Pickering. Yeah, what 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 a career. What a what a long, what a long, illustrious career by Sam. Sam is a guy that you all know that I knew, <laughs> I've known forever uh, from high school. He went to my high school uh, quarterback, turned tight end, uh, turned sometimes, uh, sometime coin flipper. Um, we, 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 we wish him the best as he goes pro in something other than sports. Yeah, he, he got his first ever college snap today after six years um, on the Minnesota uh, kneeled down at the very end of the game. He got on the field, which, you know, only a kneel down, but good for him. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 that is that is, that is very cool. That is that is more snaps than 
you know any of us are ever gonna and ever gonna take at that level so yeah that's i do think to be a walk-on would you know to it just it'd be it'd be a, it'd be a cool thing i mean it was, people like to rag on walk-ons and say oh they're not playing whatever but no that's can't tell me that wouldn't be awesome <laughs> You know, oh. to be on the team and you know i mean, I always make the joke you know about Dylan. they got they got their exercise but to just to get exercise and to be hanging out with the team and contributing and in, in whatever leadership capacities i mean that's 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 sort of the dream right there so good for him and uh wish wish him wish him well and i'm sure i'll cross paths with him in some 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 one way or another because that seems to happen with people have you listened to his 2022 spring game halftime performance i have not so i i I couldn't 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 comment okay i i have not either but you're the music guy so seemed like a decent bit question to ask running back preston jellin scored against maryland in 2019 uh at least i think he scored He, he he and Trey Potts came in towards the end of the game and and garbage time. And I think both of them got touchdowns. I probably should have double checked that before we started, but I can tell you, Jalen did store a very pretty touchdown against Western Illinois this year. He blocked the punt against Michigan in 2020. Um, And also in 2020 was one of the most valuable gunners on the team. I thought he was, he he made a lot of plays uh, on special teams. So, um, another walk-on um, who who stuck around for a good while. Another local guy, I believe. I don't remember from where, um, but he is uh, he he he's done basically as well as you could ask for like a fourth, fifth string running back over his time. From Lakeville, wide receiver Clay Deary, the last player from the Tracy Clay's era. Wow, uh, Deary. Was was not asked to do just a ton um, over his whole tenure. Start as a walk-on, eventually got a scholarship, but he made six catches this year for 85 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown was his first of his career against Colorado this year. Um, he pancaked some guys on split zone, um, so you know he 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 was never the key or anything. Um, he kind of just played a a yeoman's role as you might say, but play Jerry seven year gopher and uh, off to off to do something else. Seven years with the gophers forever in our hearts. Yes. Uh, right guard Chuck Filianga. Um, I, I admit I don't have just a ton to say on Filianga. Um, you know, he he didn't usually stand out, which as an offensive lineman is kind of what you want. Yeah. Um, He's he's not an NFL player or anything, but um, he he was just he he, he did he was never a glaring issue. He ended up uh, receiving some All Conference accolades, third team All Big Ten from the coaches, honorable honorable mention from media. Um, you know, just uh, it, he he came in uh, to fill a position of great need on the interior of the offensive line after losing Blaze Andrews, after losing Connor Olson. Um, and he did his job, which is all you can ask. Yep. We love a good guard. Well, it's time to talk about another left guard, Axel Rushmeyer. A long time gopher, it feels like. A lot of long time gophers this time. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like we've got like one more wave of these guys whose careers have been ended 
or extended by the COVID year. Um, it will be out next year or the year after. But but Rushmeyer, he he had to play a lot in 2020 because of uh, of um, Daniel Falele and Curtis Dunlap Jr. both sitting out of the season, um, and he was. I wouldn't say he was an active problem, but he wasn't good enough. And he got some spot duty last year as a, uh, a rotational sixth, seventh lineman as a fullback. Um, and uh, I, I don't know how much that experience benefited him, but this year I thought he was a much improved player over the last time we saw him in a starting role. And um, you know, a, he, he's a, he's a Wisconsinite who got to, beat the Badgers uh, twice and uh, you know he, he did a, a very solid job even if like Filionga he's not an NFL player you know and, and especially a guy who started his career as a walk-on um, to be a starter for a Big Ten team uh, that's that's very solid. Mm-hmm. Center John Michael Schmitz I mean what can you say All-American? Yeah, exactly what I was gonna say what what can you say? going to be a day two draft pick we would expect right yeah i mean possibly even i mean probably i guess probably not a day one draft pick but i mean certainly the first center off the board which is certainly nothing to scoff at (laughs) it's either him or the michigan guy those two split most of the national honors this year um i forget the name of the michigan center but he's the one who got the uh um i forget what the big award is it's remington yeah he's the one who won the remington um but depending on where you go schmitz was the the first team all-american first big you know first team all big 10 player um and so there are some michigan fans who are very salty about that fact which you know good for them but uh excellent excellent player who uh fit this offense very well quarterback tanner morgan yeah. Wow. What a journey. What a ride it's been with Tanner. The highs, the lows, some real high highs, some low lows, some somewhere in between, you know, but ultimately the winning is quarterback and go for history. Being the quarterback, being a quarterback for as long as he was and being a quarterback who ultimately was kind of just okay, um, you know, with some error bars on either side, you know, there, there was a, a heavy bit of criticism of him. A lot of people calling for someone else to start in his place, but ultimately um, he's one of the most important figures in this program's at least modern history. Um, how are you going to remember Tanner? Yeah. I mean, I'll obviously remember holding very high regard, you know, that year. I mean, he had that magic year. He threw 30 touchdowns, <laughs> um, you know, and you can say, well, that was, you know, that's because he had all this talent around him and he did, but hey, he still threw those touchdowns, you know, that that was such a magical year. And so much of that was, I, I do associate with, you know, with Tanner Morgan and, you know, I mean, I know in the years after he struggled and he was up and down, I mean, the COVID year was just super weird. And then, you know, obviously the injuries this year and some just, you know, it felt like you regressed, you know, at times, but, um, you know, always seemed like a really like a class act throughout. I hold him in very high regard, not always for the 
play on the field, which again was up and down. But again, just as a as a um, be hard to untangle, you know, like 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 him as kind of a spokesperson and as as a as a leader and as a um, figure, you know, figure or figurehead or whatever for this uh, for this era. Um, certainly, when I remember these years, I will look back and you know. Recall him often fondly, even if the play wasn't always at a high level. Yeah, being you know who he was, he had a lot of press conferences in his time as a Joffer, and I, I watched most of them over that time. And you know, he had a lot of times where he had to answer questions uh, when he was under a lot of scrutiny, when he had had just uh, a tough game, or even if he had a good game and lost, and there wasn't ever a time where you thought he didn't handle the situation pretty well. Um, so I, I, I think very highly of the guy and uh, I'm, I'm glad he was a, a gopher. Yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, running back to Muhammad Ibrahim, who uh, finished his career with zero receiving touchdowns. <laughs> no, no special teams tackles. <laughs> come no. on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? He never kicked a field goal. He never made an interception. I'm not really sure why he was on the team, frankly, because uh, we could have gotten someone, someone taller, maybe in the in the same position. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Took all those carries from Preston Jellin. Just a, a selfish, selfish player. Yeah. <laughs> he was a gift. Mohamed Ibrahim was a gift. You will, you may never see a gopher as great as him. Just, just straight up yeah no for sure i mean he's everything that i mean the same all the things we probably said about like jordan murphy um all apply to mo ibrahim except the teams were better <laughs> you know what i mean like i mean just 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 a class act um on and off the field just a dominant dominant player that at times single hand i mean it's never single-handed in football but i mean like that iowa game this year and some of the games in the past, I mean, I remember that Maryland game when he had four touchdowns a couple years ago, where it's just like it, it felt like it was just Mo. You know what I mean? Like whatever, whatever, however much the defense was screwing up in that Maryland game, however much, you know, the the coaching staff and the conservative approach, whatever's holding him back. In the I recognize he did fumble in the Iowa game, but um, no matter what else is going on, he was somebody you could count on. And um, always delivered. I mean, literally always. I mean, what twenty straight hundred yard games in a row? I mean, what you know? What 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 more can you say but that? And I don't know. I don't know about his NFL prospects, but as as a college player, I mean, it's that's as good. That's as good as you're gonna. That's as good of a college player as you're gonna see. Certainly. That Iowa game is gonna stick with me for a very long time. Two hundred sixty-three yards, and yeah, the fumble happened, but he came back and immediately ran for like a thirty-five yard gain or something on his first carry. Yeah. After that, he was just a a, a Titanic player who, um, you know, obviously the NFL traits are are iffy, um, but you know what? I I think someone's going to take a chance on him. I think he's probably more likely I, I I put it 50, 50 on getting drafted, but he will stick somewhere at least for a short while as a, as a power short yardage specialist, because I mean, the, the intelligence, the power, yeah. the balance, the agility, the acceleration, all of those things 
yeah are there um, he, is, he is in all in in many of those departments he is rare to say the least yeah especially the intelligence and the patience i mean again i mean we've had all sorts of running backs here we've had good running backs here a lot of them over in the even in the last four or five years but i mean his his patience and the way he reads blocks the way he runs how hard he runs i mean it's 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 no one no one else that i've seen on the gophers comes close and again that that's there's a lot of a lot of rodney shannon david cobb even Trey Potts, Bucky Irving, whatever. I mean, it, it, he's he's head and shoulders above all those guys, and you know, yeah. And he's got basically every record you could ask as yeah. proof. I w- I will miss watching him because, um, like I said, I may never see a, a Gopher as special as him. Yeah. So those are all the guys who are leaving the program. Um, we can briefly touch on the guys who are coming in. Um, and this will be uh, one of our last things before we uh, talk about the bowl season and sign off for the week. Um, first, some of the transfers who uh, who left have found some landing spots. Michael Dixon to Rutgers, Braylon Oliver to Georgia Tech, Gage Cheese and Austin Booker to Kansas, which puts four former Gophers at Kansas after uh, Kai Thomas and Douglas Emelian last year left for Lawrence. Uh, Nickelback Jalen Glaze is at Florida A&M now, and Nickelback or safety Stephen Ortiz Jr. is at UMass. Coming in, North Carolina edge rusher Chris Collins, one year of eligibility, only had half a tackle for loss this year. Probably kind of in the uh, Lorenda Sergers, just, you know. Depth end. Yeah, he's a depth end and uh, will probably, you know, not may be in the mix to start at rush end, but who knows? Safety nickelback Jack Henderson, two years of eligibility from southeastern Louisiana, 6'2, 205, had 72 and a half tackles this year, seven tackles for loss, six pass breakups, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. That's a very productive year for a defensive back. Yes. And uh, you figure he'll immediately be in the uh, competition to start in the slot in 2023. Uh, up against Beanie Bishop and uh, whichever one of Coleman Bryson or Jalen Green or Darius Green doesn't play uh, deep safety. Linebacker Ryan Seelig, one year of eligibility from Western Michigan. He uh, had 55 and a half tackles last year, five and a half were for loss. Um, very productive linebacker for the Broncos, should be an instant candidate to start at linebacker based on who's on the team right now they probably want someone a bit thicker more more proven against the run than donald willis i would bet willis feels like the definite sam here the third guy you bring on so Seelig and maybe like the captain will probably be uh in in a contest to take that spot next to cody lindenberg Another Western Michigan player, receiver Corey Crooms, one year of eligibility coming in. He is your new slot receiver. I'll just probably say that with a good amount of confidence. Uh, 57 catches for 814 yards last year, five touchdowns. Um, a very, very solid receiver coming in. Uh, I have not watched any of his tape, but the stats kind of speak for themselves there. 
And then another receiver, Elijah Spencer from Charlotte, two years of eligibility, the 2021 Conference USA Freshman of the Year, 943 yards on 57 catches with nine touchdowns in 2022. He is, uh, he looks good. He, he will be in the rotation, whatever size the rotation is, he will be there. There was also signing day, which we will not get into as much, but uh, just a few trends to point out here. Signed three receivers, three interior offensive linemen. Um, that included Osseo's Jerome Williams and Prior Lake's Greg Johnson, the second and third ranked prospects in the state on the interior of the offensive line. Also signed a four-star running back in Darius Taylor. But it's clear there's sort of an emphasis here if we want to get more receivers and we want to get some young interior offensive linemen to replenish that spot of the team. Not really any other great trends or uh, any to any, any other really high profile prospects to note. Uh, they did sign a Canadian quarterback, Drew Viado from Wad Lake, Michigan, born in South St. Marie in Ontario. Ended up being the 42nd uh, ranked class in the country, although that could change by one or two spots in either direction in February. And then lastly, Kent State has hired away Kenny Burns, the Gophers running backs coach, to be the head coach in Kent. I can't speak to his contributions and then on the field way. Um, he, I believe, was one of the guys who recruited the South a good bit, especially when the Gopher, the, this current staff arrived in Minnesota. But obviously he did coach Muhammad Ibrahim. Yep. He, he coached Rodney Smith and Shannon, Smith, uh, Shannon Brooks. There have been some really good running backs under his watch. He got bumped to associate head coach while he was here. And um, the only guy I've known who worked inside the athletic department says that Timmy Burns is a really cool guy. So uh, bully for him on getting this job. And, uh, you know, it is a, a black coach getting a head coaching job um, in, in the FBS, which, you know, it is Kent State. It's a hard job, but, you know, it's a job that has been reasonably successful by their standards recently. Anyway, what bowl games are you watching in the next week? We've got just uh, just a few days left in bowl season. Been, I've been in hibernation, just been so kind of busy with other stuff. I haven't gotten to watch many of the bowl games as many as I would have liked. It does seem like in the last <clears throat> in the last couple of days, um, it's it's really picked up as far as the quality goes, as far as the quality of teams playing, and as far as the just the excitement of the matchups and the quality of play on the field. With that said, um, I can't be that excited for Tennessee Clemson. I don't know. I don't think either quarterback's going to play. We might have Joe Milton. I <laughs> probably will. Have Joe Milton. I, I just can't. I just can't. I just can't imagine that'll be great. Um, obviously, the the morbid curiosity in Iowa, Kentucky, and the Music City Bowl. We've talked about that. Um, that needs no further introduction. Um, I am very excited for the Cotton Bowl. I think we talked about this last time when they announced this. Um, still, still excited for the Cotton Bowl. USC versus Tulane um, in Arlington. Yes. I uh, I have my tickets. I'll be there. Amen. Amen, brother. I'll see you there. I'll be I'll I'll be watching on TV. <laughs> but that one looks great. And then the Rose Bowl, I think, will be really good. And Probably the 
you know, the playoff games, the two, three is more interesting than the one, four, but even the one, four, I think Ohio state is a pretty good four, or at least they're flawed, but either they're explosive enough that they theoretically could, I think could give Georgia more, more hassle than most teams. Yeah, the way I mean, the, the the way that Ohio State is talented is a way that you feel like, you know, uh, could be a problem to Georgia. You you may recall Alabama in the SEC championship game last year with stupid good receivers causing some problems for the best college football de- defense maybe in recent memory. Um, and this is not as good a defense as last year's. Um, and uh, Ohio State has – I guess they won't have Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? He's done for the year? I think he's done. I think he's done, period. Well, yeah, he's injured, and he just – yeah, he'll be in the draft in the spring. So, therefore, you know, why why try to come back for this? This isn't a typical opt-out situation, just to, to be clear. Um, but they still have Emeka Abuka. They still have Marvin Harrison Jr. And they still have a bunch of guys I can't name right now who uh, were all four and five star receivers. And um, they still have CJ Stroud, who is probably a top 10 pick this spring, right? More likely than not. I, I would say actually almost certainly, yeah. There's a chance this is decent. I would really like it if Georgia flattened them, though. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I want any of these teams. Maybe I don't, I, maybe TCU, I guess, but... Oh, 100%. We want TCU to win this. They're but, not going to, but we want it. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the thing. I'm kind of hedging my, my expectations, but... I mean, if every one of these teams has won a national title in our lifetimes, except TCU, who last won a title in the 30s. Yeah. So... And they have LT's nephew or something. Like, come on, we'll do it. Do it for, do it for LT's. Do it for LT's nephew. Do it for LT. If you don't do it for anybody, do it for LT. He, that man, deserves everything. I don't know. That that's true. Big Ten games you didn't mention: Queen City Bowl, Maryland, NC State, Friday, um, Illinois, Mississippi State, and Tampa, 11 a.m. on Monday. No Chase Brown, right? No Chase Brown. Also, I think some players are missing for Illinois otherwise, but I don't know the full situation there. Obviously, Mississippi State will be under the watch of their new head coach, whose name I hate to have forgotten already, um, but he has been made permanent head coach after Mike Leach died. Um, We don't have to talk about Mike Leach right now. There have been lots of tributes to Mike Leach. I tweeted about my sort of complicated feelings on him as a person, but... Um, important figure, and uh, you know it'll be fun to to watch Mississippi State chuck it around. Yep. LSU Purdue in the Citrus Bowl noon on Monday. Those are all the Big Ten games. Any interest in the Sugar Bowl? Um, not really. No, I think. <laughs> I mean, like, yes, I'll 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 probably watch it, but I don't expect it to be great. I think. Alabama's probably the far. Alabama's a good five, and I don't think K State is a good nine. I don't think they are. I think they're. I think they're okay, but unless maybe if Adrian comes back and plays the game of his life, but I don't know if that's in the cards. Well, I'll watch it anyway. I'd like it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I just don't expect it to be good. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else we need to touch on before signing off? Uh, no, I think we. I think we hit just about everything. 
Okay. Um, we'll probably come back next week and find something to talk about. If nothing else, maybe we check in on Gopher Men's basketball. I don't know. See you next week. Yeah.